don't you want to just keep watching the movie? You know, now it's going. Let's just rock. We just need to keep that going. You know, and um, when we do this, I like doing this every year because it's one chance that I get to come up and talk a little bit. And uh, But it never works out quite like I always expect when it first comes up because Aaron will call me and says, hey, we're going to do, you know, the Avengers this year. Oh, cool. I want Captain America or Ant-Man. And I say, can I do it on the 26th? And this is, after two days, he says, no. You have to do the Hulk. He's the only one left. And by the way, you're on the 19th. Why, why does he ask? Just to, just to sign it and call it good. And then you start going, okay, the Hulk. Man, I want Captain America. Or Ant-Man. I could relate to Ant-Man because he talks a lot. And so, you know, that, amen, that suits me. Which, by the way, now that I know there's a baptism, you know, you guys are the clock, okay? Because Kay will tell you, I will get going, and I'm up here having a great time. We'll be here till 2. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm looking at the Hulk, and I go, what am I going to do with this? And um, so I read the passage that goes with it, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, I'm watching the clips. I'm looking at all the clips online. And obviously the whole thing that comes out is anger. I go, well, that's kind of, you know, a downer. (laughs) You know, what are we going to do with anger? And I'm going, okay, God's going somewhere with this. And a lot of you know that I travel a lot. And uh, I also have a good friend that was a retired three-star admiral in the Coast Guard that started doing jail ministry over in Chesterfield County in Richmond, where his son is a sheriff. And he's been trying to get me there to speak Um, to what's called the HARP program for a long time, Heroin Addiction Recovery Program. And they have, uh, it's, you have to be uh, qualified to do it. You have to apply. They have to allow you to get into the program. And there's 44 men on one side in their own pod and then you cross to the other side of the facility and there's 44 women. And uh, so it just so happened I had a week. I called the admiral up, I said, hey, I'm available. He said, let me call you back. He said, can you be there tomorrow? I said, sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to talk about. The Hulk. Let's go with the Hulk. And that'll give me a chance to warm up this whole thing and see what God's going to do. Kind of let the spirit lead a little bit. And so I do the, we go in there and we talk to the men. And after I'm done, I'm going, I don't know if this is connecting or not. And, uh, but the guys are getting into it, and when I'm all done, this guy jumps up, and he says, man, I can't believe you're here. I, he said, why? He said, I got a full-blown Hulk tattooed on my back. I said, you're kidding? He said, no. I said, we need a picture. <laughs> now, go ahead, and I, wanted, I did that one so you know I was, wasn't lying. I was really there. Doesn't play well with others. Now you can focus in right there on the Hulk on that. That's him. <laughs> so you know that really happened. So, you know, what's the chances? What's the chances that I'm going to be speaking on the Hulk? I only knew a week before I was going into a jail, and I meet this guy uh, who's talking about the Hulk, and he relates to him. And then when you read the passage, and I want you to read this with me, because it's kind of the theme passage of what we're going to be talking about. Go ahead and put it up there. For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. 
Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but this sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin. And that's Romans seven fifteen to 25. Kind of a long passage, but you get the sense of what it's about. Does anybody ever do anything where you go, darn, I wish I hadn't done that? What the heck was I thinking? Have you ever done something really serious and you feel the, the guilt and the anger comes out in you because you're, you get mad that you did it? And all of a sudden you feel like, I don't control these things that I do. And that's what that passage is about. There's a, another way that a guy says it. C.S. Lewis says, For there are two things inside me competing with the human self, which I must try to become. They are the animal self and the diabolical self. The diabolical self is the worst of the two. That is why a cold, self-righteous prig who re goes regularly to church may be far nearer to hell than a prostitute. But of course, it's better to be neither. And we'd all agree with that, a self-righteous prig. You got it's a new term. Everybody that's learned this British term, prig. Somebody that's arrogant, feels like they're better than everybody else, and has a self-righteousness because they attend church regularly. And a prostitute. Sometimes we think about the prostitutes and the drug addicts, those heroin addicts, that are the lowest you know, struggling form of life that we see, that we contend with daily, that's kind of in our presence, where it's part of our environment. And I can tell you, it was more interesting to me when I went and I talked to 44 heroin-addicted ladies, some of them 18, 19 years old, all the way up into their 60s, sitting in that room in a jail cell, and they're held captive. How many of us are held captive? How many of us are held captive by the anger that we have? Life's not turning out the way we expected. You wanted something more for yourself, and you've made some mistakes. You know, the Hulk, how did he get that way? You know, he was doing an experiment with gamma rays. Now, yeah, I know there's people in here that are experts in Marvel world. I am not an expert, but I know a little bit. And I did my homework, you know, so I, I studied a little. And I can tell you, he, he kind of did the same thing that Captain America did. He went through the same process, only, you know, and when Captain America turned from a little scrawny guy into that big, strong guy, 
they started with the little scrawny guy who, you know, threw himself on the grenade when everybody else ran away. And they chose him because of the quality of his character. So the character transferred into this guy that's now incredibly strong and can do great things. But remember in the Captain America movie, uh, the doctor that turned him into Captain America dies in that opening scene. And he took all the secrets with him when he died. So now, years later, Dr. Bannon, they're trying to recreate this thing. And in the experiment, it goes bad, and he gets shot with these gamma rays. And now, he, yeah, he's incredibly strong, stronger than Captain America, but he can't control it. And you see that diabolical self, the two people that are struggling. And what is it that turns him into this huge, strong thing that now they can use when there's bad guys around? It's his anger. And did you catch that in the scene? That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. And all of us have that a little bit. We're carrying that anger around inside that things aren't as good as I want them to be. Right? And when we think about that, what was his reaction? What does the Hulk do? I mean, in that first movie, he's isolated himself, remember? Because he was in love. He had a girl that he was deeply in love with. They were going to get married. Now this thing has happened to him. When he gets angry, he tears stuff up. When he turns back into Dr. Bannon, he doesn't remember any of it. And he, he can't tell you when it's going to happen and who he's going to hurt. And he isolates himself. He moves off into the far jungle. Remember the Black Widow gal had to go find him out in Southeast Asia somewhere. And he isolates himself so he can't hurt others. And that's the same thing we do. When we get angry, we isolate ourselves from everybody. And we rationalize it because it's because I don't want to hurt anybody else. I'm disappointed in how life has turned out. The anger within me causes me to do the things I hate. And so I'm just going to separate myself from everybody. How does that work out for you? It doesn't. When we isolate ourselves, it only makes the problem worse. The problem only gets worse. But when... Now, help me out here. Who's the character that Samuel L. Jackson plays... Nick Fury, thank you. I knew somebody would know. <laughs> somebody much younger than me. And uh, Nick Fury is putting the team together because he sees the threat. And he knows that they have to bring the people together that can fight the threat. What's the threat that we have? As we go along through here, I want you to think about that. You don't want to isolate yourself. You have a threat. And you know what? C.S. Lewis talked about it. Our flesh and this diabolical self we have. But the Bible also says we war not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities in the heavens, the evil that is in the world. We have an enemy that we fight all the time. And we need to come together. Nick Fury collects them and puts them together. And we watch how this begins to work in the Marvel Universe as these characters interact. 
because you got the Boy Scout, right? You got Captain America, who's, you know, patriotic and virtuous. And then you got Tony Stark, Iron Man, who's a complete narcissist, billionaire. How many of y'all know a narcissist? How many of y'all are a narcissist? Oh. <laughs> um, and you think about it, and then, you know what, there's people in there that are the regular guys. I mean, Black Widow, she's got really no superpower, but she's really good at flipping around and beating up guys. And then the Hawk dude, he's doesn't really have, but he's really good with that bow and arrow, right? And they're like you and me, they're regular guys. And they have a special ability. You know that each one of you has a special ability to contribute. There's something you do, some part of who you are that makes you better than 10,000 other people. And you need to bring it to the party. May not look like a party, but it's a party that we need to fight. You notice how they grow together as they begin to come together as a team. The thing that makes each individual work and get better and better as they begin to interact in community. As soon as we begin to act in community, we grow. And we begin to see ourselves. The Hulk, he hates Bannon. Bannon hates the Hulk. And neither one of them wants to be the other. But he's learning how to control that anger for the benefit of the community that he lives in. And it turns from just an anger to an ability that he can contribute. And then the weirdest thing happens in the story, which often happens stuff. We move into community, we begin to interact, we do something, and then all of a sudden we make a mistake. We blow it. And you know what he decides to do? He isolates himself again. You remember at the end of um, Civil War, he's flying off into space because he doesn't want to be with the rest of the Avengers. And he isolates himself again. We pick him up again uh, through Ragnarok at the beginning of um, Infinity War, and they're looking for him. And in Ragnarok, he's you know, beating up Thor in this arena. And he never turns back into Bannon. Later on in Infinity War, he says he was Hulk for two years. For two years, he wasn't able to switch back. And Bannon says, you know, it was like we've shared the steering wheel off and on. And I would drive and he would drive. But for a couple of years, I felt like I was stuffed in the trunk. So when he isolates himself again, and that's always our temptation, because I can promise you, I don't care how good you're doing in this church or in your family or in your job or in your community, you're going to make a mistake. And the thing that you need to know is the driver for all of this. Last verse, thanks be to God. Through Christ Jesus, we can be forgiven. We're forgiven when we step into salvation we're forgiven again and again. And I want you to know that the people that are here in this community love you. We love you. We will forgive you. 
We want to share one another. Matter of fact, that's part of what we do. You see the Hulk begin to share his weaknesses. And his weakness is not turning into the Hulk and being the Hulk. His weakness is his fear. And the fear drives him to an anger that makes him want to separate. And he has to overcome that temptation. The temptations never leave us. And so we have to fight through those to stay in community. And you begin to see that in Infinity War. Now, we don't know what's going to happen because, you know, at the end of Infinity War, he's, now he's banned and he can't turn into the Hulk. No matter how hard he tries, he can't get mad enough to turn in. And everyone goes, well, that's weird. No, you know, I wouldn't write it that way. I'd come up with a different storyline. But... Um, you go online and you look this up and they begin to talk about what's going to happen in the second half of Infinity War. And, you know, of course, all the spoiler alerts are out there and there are people are positing what's, what it's going to be. And one of the things that we find is somewhere in there, the Hulk comes back to being a Hulk. He's going to step up and he's going to be able to reconcile the two parts of himself. Because you see, when you walk with Christ and you live in community, I mean, think about what Jesus said. The last thing he said to his disciples before he went to the cross, love one another as I have loved you. That's what this community is for. Love one another as I have loved you. As you begin to see really love grow in the Avenger community, all of a sudden, you know, God releases us from the bondage of the sin. We still have the same gifts. We still have those talents. Only now we have a better way to use them. And that's exactly what the Hulk's going to see. He's going to reconcile those two parts of himself to where he can become the highest form of con contributor and make that contribution to the team. So he gets to pour out his love on that community. In the end, in the midst of our flaws, we can be somebody else's superhero. When you get that ability that you have, all of a sudden you can go out in strength. Because during the day you're going to be alone. But yet now you're empowered in a different way. You think about this. When he, when he figured out he was angry, he isolated himself and it was unhealthy. And then when he gets in community and he keeps returning to community, he begins to understand himself. He can see the reflection of who he is. And now he's empowered to go. Only instead of isolating himself, he's going out for others. He's leaving to go out so that he can help people, so that he can love his neighbor as himself. And he overcomes that anger. I'm wondering, you know, when we look at it and we talk about how does the story end, and um, who's uh, power are you going to go out in? 
there's somebody out there who needs you. And I can stand up here and talk for a long time. And my goal is to convince you that you have something to contribute that nobody else has. There's a soul out there that needs you. That there's a community in here that needs you. Don't let whatever makes you angry isolate you. And how do we overcome that? I mean, as we begin to interact, here's the, the... last thing I want you to really think about and that's that God has given us everything we need God has given us everything we need the next verse in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 is there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus there is therefore now No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, the first step, but not the last step. He calls us into a walk with him that begins when we step into Christ. When we choose to receive him as Lord and Savior, when we get baptized and we say, I want to be empowered. And if there's any book that you want to read, the Romans, Romans is a, such a great encapsulation of the message of the whole Bible because it walks us through this world we live in. And this world's a mess. And there's a lot of angry people out there. And there's a lot of people who don't get it right. And I'll tell you a secret. They're both Republicans and Democrats. Because they're all fighting it in the flesh. And God has given us the the mission of reconciliation. We're supposed to be reconciling the world to him. You are kingdom warriors. You're a kingdom warrior called to do a job. And think of that when you see these other people first. Think about not just who they are. I don't want to just look and see Dave. I want to see warrior that is Dave. I want to see Abby that is Dave. I want to see Faye that is is Dave, is warrior. Warrior, Abby, warrior, Faye. That's it. You know, that's the position. Think about the position that you're going to be. Because that's what you're called for. And here's how you get it. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about put on the full armor of God. And most of you have already heard that, you know, put on the full armor of God so that you can step out. But what, what does he give us in that full armor? He gives us strength that overcomes weakness, truth that overcomes falsehood, good that overcomes evil, peace that overcomes anxiety, faith that overcomes fear, scripture that overcomes temptation, and prayer that overcomes all foes. When you go on and you get in your Bible, you put yourself in the full armor of God. You get strength, truth, goodness, peace, faith, hope, and prayer and scripture that overcome everything. God gives you all the tools you need. 
to do that. Whose superhero are you? You know, that's older folks teaching younger folks. That's people that are experts in an area mentoring somebody that needs to learn. That's going into a heroin addiction recovery program in a jail and seeing the light of Christ and the light of young men and women who are, have been controlled. You talk about feeling like that sin controls you. When they're in an addiction to heroin, they know exactly what that means. That they're controlled. And they're willing to give it up to what Christ can do. And I want to know, who are you going to be a superhero for? Who are you going to go out that door and be sensitive enough to see who has a need that you can meet? Because, you know, it's just like me. I had no idea I was going to be walking into a room full of heroin addicts when I was assigned the Hulk. That there was going to be a guy in there that could not only help me connect, but it helped the whole room connect. And you noticed in that picture it said above it on his back, does not play well with others. You know what? That's exactly what we do. We teach each other how to play well with others so that we can take others and teach them how to come into community with us. Will you use what you have? Will you go? Reconcile that in your heart.